Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. No greater name. Amen. No higher authority. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. What a privilege to be here tonight. I want to ask you, if you will, to join me in the book of Psalms. And uh, we're going to go to the 118th Psalm and then to the 121st Psalm. I'm going to read a couple of verses out of Psalms 118. And uh, thank you for being here tonight. Amen. I had a um, pastor friend uh, last night call me. And uh, he pastors in Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, I asked him to before we got off the phone to pray, our weather. I said we were facing some critical weather tonight. And, and uh, if, if he prayed, if he prayed, I don't think it was very sincere. But, uh, amen, we're, we're appreciative of the change. I'm, I'm telling you, I was, I was done with August. Amen. Amen. In your Bibles, if you'll join me, the book of Psalms 118 and verses number 8 and 9. The Bible said it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Amen. You may have heard this before, but Psalms 118 and 8 is the middle verse in the Bible of all the scripture. And um, I've often said when you find yourself in the middle of a mess... Go to the middle of the book. Amen. There's your answer. Trust in the Lord. Amen. That's much better than man, and it is much better than princes. Amen. God bless you, and you can be seated. I want to talk about that tonight, the assurance of trust, and um, just sort of maybe feeling a vein of things here uh, tonight, but... Um, I'm thankful that we can trust the Lord. I'm thankful for things you can place your confidence in. Verse 9 so merely is an echo of verse 8. Um, but both of these verses point us to the truth that we are better. We are in, much, in a much safer area to place our trust in God. Now, I, I do know that we have got to offer some measure of trust to man. And he talks about princes, and that's really authority. You know, they're, they're leaders, and we have to put our trust in leaders. But our real trust has to be first anchored in God. Because as Jude reminds us that um, entities can fail. Jude first off said angels can fail. We know a third of the angels fail. And so angels can fall, man can fall, Korah, Sodom and Gomorrah, entities can fall. But to that only one who is able, amen, that's where we put our trust and our confidence. And so 
uh, in life, as I've already stated, in life, we do have to anchor ourselves somewhat to place confidence in man. It would be a sad thing not to have any confidence in mankind or not to have any confidence in any leadership. But I am thankful for the fact that we really find our hope in God. It's pointing and directing us, the psalmist is pointing and directing directing us to hope, true hope, real hope that is found in the Lord. I want to now just turn the page a couple of times and let's go to Psalms 121. There are only eight verses here, and so I'm going to read all of them in our in consideration tonight, and I'll read all of them right now, and we're going to go back to them perhaps one by one. But the psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Many Bible scholars suppose that this particular psalm, Psalms 121, was not just mere words, but this psalm, was a song, and it was a it was a song or a psalm that was given in a responsive fashion. There was a purpose for this psalm. It was a, there was a use for it, and they would take this psalm, Psalm one twenty one, and when they were going to Jerusalem to celebrate a feast, that they would sing this psalm in unison as they went, but in a responsive fashion. And so the leader of the group will say, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. And those that were in that procession would say, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Back to the leader, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. And then those in, in, in succession would say, he will not suffer thy foot to be removed. And on and on. And so I'm not asking you to do that right now. But today I just read that psalm and I kind of closed my eyes and just let my imagination run away. And that psalm sounded a lot different. When I thought, thought about those voices echoing in that were affirming the word of God. We have not put our trust in something that may fail us. We're not hoping for the best. We're not praying. As I mentioned, I think Sunday, we're not praying with our fingers crossed just Believing everything is going to shake out in the end. Our confidence is in God. Our assurance. We have an assurance. We can pray with authority. We can speak with authority. We can live with authority. We can function with authority. Because we trust Him. Now we trust Him tonight. Because we know His word is true. It is irrevocable. But we also can trust Him this evening because of experience. God has been there for us. Amen. I mean, when you're first starting out in, in, in your walk with God, 
You're having to take a lot of people's word for things. You're having to trust the book. You're having to trust the pulpit. You're having to trust the pew, those that are sitting around you. But as you begin to walk with the Lord and develop your own relationship with him, after a while, you're not just depending on the pulpit and you're not just depending on those that are around. You're, you're not just depending on someone uh, to help you in that time of need, but you are, are praying with a, another level of confidence and an assurance that the Lord, he has been there before. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I don't want to sound dangerous or reckless tonight, but I'm going to tell you when you've been down to nothing and the Lord just stepped in out of nowhere and made a way where there was no way, the next time you get down to nothing, I'm not suggesting that it's any more comfortable than it was the first time, but there's a difference this time because we know that God is not going to forsake us and that he will be there ultimately to lead us. Amen. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. I'm confident of that. The theme of, of, of this psalm is God's protection over his people. And so there are six references in all of these verses. In these eight verses, there are six references to either the Lord keeping or the Lord preserving. Either keeping or preserving. It's used some six times. And so that, again, is, is not something that was a, a random choice because this is a psalm that people are singing on a journey. They're going somewhere. And so their journey is not like our journey today. They were not in the safety of an automobile, as we can well assume that. But they were journeying by foot. And as they journeyed, they were going through hill country. They were climbing mountains, going down mountains. And, and uh, they were walking through all kind of different terrain. And so it was very possible and even often probable that somebody's going to stumble. They're going to potentially hurt themselves. It's, it's entirely possible that in the heat of the day, they could suffer a sunstroke or in the cool of the night, somebody might get sick. There was always the possibility that somebody could swoop down on them and rob and, and uh, rob them or harm them in some way. And so they were kind of exposed. They're out in the elements. And so we're trying to get from point A to point B. We're on our way somewhere and so now that, that cadence means a little something different, doesn't it? As we begin to sing the, the glory of God and the power of God to hear that echo. Amen. Would you just go there with me in your mind? Amen. You just hear those voices echoing through those valleys, the assurance of God that God is going to keep his hand upon us. And so we can say, well, that was then and this is now. And how does that relate to us today? I believe it relates to us today, even though we're not on a physical journey and we're not outside exposed to the elements. Many times today, if we're, if we're doing something like that, it was by our own choice. But we are nevertheless on a spiritual journey. And all of the things that I mentioned about the potential uh, injuries and the things that they could face on a physical journey are the same things that can happen to us on a spiritual journey. We are, we are traversing various landscapes. We can find ourselves climbing some mountains sometimes spiritually or walking down some mountains and walking through valleys. There is the potential to get hurt. There's a potential to stumble. There's a potential for error. There is a potential for the enemy to swoop in. There's a potential for a lot of things. But we can 
can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We can say, the Lord is my comfort and he is my guide. And that is not a scared crowd. That's not a bunch of people gnawing their fingernails, hoping for the best. No, that are people that have, this is people that have their feet planted on the firmly on the word of God. His word is yea and amen. He is our help. Amen. I'm thankful for that. He gives us that same assurance as you and I journey today. One of the most powerful words in the English language is the word help. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of things that are uh, perhaps revealed when we use that word. Uh, the reason that word perhaps uh, carry so much power is because there is an admission of need when we ask somebody to help. Many times, many times that word comes at the end of a moment of absolute desperation. I need you to help me with this. That word is always going to be associated with some measure of humility. I can't do this by myself whether it's trying to lift something heavy or accomplish something that's, that's a too large, a project too large for just two hands, or maybe sometimes it's a spiritual thing that we just need somebody to ally with us. Amen, I need you to come alongside me and help me pray. I need an Aaron, I need a her to lift up my hands because I'm in a battle, I'm going through something and we need God, we need the Lord to help us. And so when we use that word help, Amen. It is a sign that we have come to the end of ourselves and that there is a measure of humility realizing that we can't do this by ourselves. I'm not suggesting that is followed by pride in that we thought we could, but it is an admission that I cannot do this by myself. Help. Help is the cry of a mother trying to make sure that she is a positive influence on her children and that she is making sure that her home is a place of refuge, not just when they're children, small children, but even as adults, that their home is a refuge and it will always have a certain flavor, a certain allure. It will be like Solomon's temple when everything seems to go wrong. They're just going to anchor themselves back there. They can look there and find hope. Help is the cry of a father sitting at a dinner table or a desk surrounded by unpaid bills and an empty bank account trying to figure out how are we going to make this work. Help. It is coming to the end of yourself. Help is the cry of a man or a woman who has poured their life and their soul many times poured decades into their marriage only to have their companion to say I'm leaving. And I want to tell you tonight these are not random illustrations illustrations. These are things that play out every day somewhere around our world, across our state, around our nation. Amen. These are not random things. Somebody somewhere perhaps faced all of those things today. And so I say, Lord, help us to realize the power of calling upon your name and realizing that I can't be the mothers are going to say, I can't be the mother that I need to be because I've read a book or because I've had a lot of good examples. 
I need you, Lord, to help me. I need you, Lord, to strengthen me. Amen. A father somewhere, a dad uh, somewhere is going to have to say, Lord, we need you today. We, it's not because we've been frivolous with our finances. It's not because we've been living reckless and dangerous. But life is coming at us faster than we dare dream it was possible. And we just need you, Lord, to anoint us and touch us. And I'm telling you that God can. Amen. Just not long ago, somebody called and, and uh, they were talking to me about a, a financial need that they had in their life. And uh, we just began to pray together. And it didn't always unfold quite this fast, I understand. But as we began to pray together about that, it wasn't very long before I was contacted by that same individual. And they said, you are not going to believe this. But the Lord has just made a way where there was no way. He has provided a miracle. Amen. Yes, that's the God that we're serving. Amen. He's done that for many people sitting right here tonight. Not only has he done it in the past, but God's prepared to do it again in our future. He can do it right now. Amen. When our, when our hopes and dreams seem to be shelved and, and everything that we plan for seems that somehow has just been swiped away by life, we have an assurance that I can trust the Lord. I can trust him. Psalms 121, we see the, the psalmist's dire need of help. He's at a place himself, no doubt, that he has exhausted all other means trying to find some way of help, but yet found none. But it seems to be that as we read this psalm, he begins to remember, reflect upon a few things. And at that moment, he realizes, although it is still dark, and although it is still dismal, and although I don't really see the answer, I know that I can trust the Lord. I don't know the answer. I don't know where to go, what to do, but there's a peace I'm just going to ask you if you'll help me preach tonight in this very moment. How many have been right there that long before your real answer came, there was a peace that came? Amen. I appreciate your response. I don't see a way out. I don't know what we're going to do. But that anxiety or, or, or whatever that I was dealing with, somewhere that just got kind of Quieted. There, somebody threw a blanket. Something put a blanket over that. And there is a hope. There is a confidence. Now, the confidence is not because the band has started. The confidence is not because the parade is going or we can hear the sound or the hope uh, of, of, of a change. But there's something deep in our soul that there, there's something got settled in our spirit that said the climate hasn't changed, the temperature hasn't changed one degree, the circumstances are still the same, but I've got a peace in my heart and I know that God has his eye on this situation and I know that God has his hand on this situation. Amen, that power of trust. That seems to be where the psalmist is right here. Nothing's really changed, but some, nothing around him has really changed, but something in him has changed. And so I want to notice, and I want us to look at these verses if we can. It seems as though David, after a time of doubt and confusion, regains himself. He gets his balance back, and, and there's an assurance that God is still in control of his life. Amen. Therefore, he is allowed to be confident in all the things that the Lord is able to do. And so we look at Psalms 121 and 1 again. The Bible says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, unto the hills from whence cometh my help. 
My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I'm just going to get something settled in my spirit here. Amen. My world hasn't changed and my circumstances hasn't, haven't changed. But I'm just going to start looking up. I'm going to lift up my eyes because I know that my help is coming from there. And notice who again it is that the psalmist is referring to. He's not referring to his best friend that's going to show up and help me out. He's not referring to this great ally. That, that he knows is going to come alongside him. He's not referring to a family member. He's not talking about a prayer partner here. And there's nothing wrong with having a best friend. Nothing wrong with having an ally. There's nothing wrong with having family members that support us. And there's certainly nothing wrong with a prayer partner. But I'm going to tell you sometimes we got to go a little deeper than that. Amen. I need somebody that can do more than just empathize for me. Somebody that can come along and agree with me. I need a God that can step into my circumstance he's referring to and he's talking about. He's got his eyes fixed and his fingers pointed to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so he gains and regains, if you please, his strength in knowing that my help comes from the Lord. Man can let me down. Things can let me down. Circumstances can let me down. But God has never failed me. Praise God. And so as a result, he knows that he is able to comfort him with those things. And, and uh, I don't know of anybody I'd rather have on my side than the Lord. I mean, the Lord who controls everything. If he can control the wind, he can take care of my circumstance. If he tells the sun when to rise and when to go back to sleep, he can take care of my circumstances. If he tells the moon where to position itself, then I believe he's got our world. I believe he's got our personal world under control. What a consolation to know the one that created all of this is able to comfort us. The Bible talks about that he sees his eyes on the sparrow. He knows, amen, the lily of the field is not worried about anything. The trees are not worried about anything. They know God is going to take care of them. They're not going to sleep tonight, hypothetically going to sleep wondering if everything's going to be all right. Their confidence is in their creator. Praise God. I'm thankful to know where our trust really is. In verse number three, he said, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Not only is the psalmist confidently assured that the Lord is able to comfort him and, and guide him, but he is also able to confirm him, to establish him, to, to establish his ways before him. And notice the word moved in this scripture. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. The word moved that is mentioned in the first part of this verse Amen. We see that not only is the Lord able to, to, uh, to help us and sustain us, but winds of circumstances of our lives, they do blow us and they do come against us. Things in life do come against us. I want to say it again. Things in life do come against us. Amen. There are circumstances and things that, that can try to, to take our feet out from under us. Waves and winds, they're constantly blowing all around us. And many times those waves and those winds are, are, are have the capacity to knock you down. Amen. I'm thankful for the few of us that have been knocked down. But I think we've all been knocked down. Just things in life. I mean, you know, when you fall as a child, it's no big thing. That's just part of being a kid. But when you fall as an adult, that's quite another deal. 
Amen? <laughs> and so sometimes things in life just knock you down and you're walking along and you think you've got it together and the next news you know, you're on your, your face, you're on your back. The next thing you know, you're just down. Something has just completely snuck up on you and pulled it all out. But, but if we understand that we belong to God, that God is able to stand us back up again, Amen. I, I know we quote it often, but rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When, when I fall, I shall arise. I'm, I'm not saying we're not going to fall, but when I do, you can rest assured one thing. I'm going to hit the ground coming back up. You ever fallen in public? <laughs> I know I asked that pretty quick. Didn't give you a chance to really think about it. But I have fallen down in public, and I'm, I can tell you that on my way down, I'm thinking about I got to get back up. I know, I hope nobody sees this. I hope nobody sees this. I want the enemy to know this, that when we get down on our way down, one thing is on our mind, and that's getting back up again. Amen, getting back up again. He said, when I sit in darkness, God will be a light unto me. There's a supportive story, uh, perhaps, that kind of goes hand in hand with this in the book of 2 Kings, Samaria, where Elisha and his servant lived. They were unexpectedly surrounded by an enemy. Benadad besieged the city by night. I mean, just out of nowhere. They did not see this coming. It was, uh, that's what besieged means. I mean, it just, they un, unannounced, they come in. And when the servant of the prophet saw the army, the next morning he looked out and he saw all the enemy that had surrounded them. He asked a legitimate question. This is not mocking this man. This is not maligning or maligning his faith. But he said to his, his Elisha, he said, Master, what shall we do? I think that's a legitimate question. If you wake up in the morning and you are surrounded all around your home by an enemy, I think it would be a fair question to say, what are we going to do? But thank God. Amen. There was a prophet's voice that said, fear not for those that are with us are more than those that are with them. I know what this looks like. I know what this feels like. I know how this seems in this moment. But Elisha said, you just need to remember one thing, that there may be a lot of those out there, but there are more with us than there are with them. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the hand of God and the power of God and when I look out and see an enemy surrounding me I've got an assurance I'm not I'm not in denial that I'm in a battle I'm not in denial that the enemy is not there but there's more around me than there are there there's more around them than there are those and so I put my trust and my confidence in him amen and with that with that we have the ability to be calm that spirit of God that brings peace to our lives. The, the, the fourth verse of Psalms 121, he said, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither, shall neither slumber nor sleep. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Several years ago, I heard a song, that powerful song, simple message, but a powerful message. And that song says, Sometimes he calms the storm. And sometimes he just calms me. He doesn't always speak to the wind. And he doesn't always speak to the waves. And he doesn't always correct everything in a moment in our lives. There are times that God just steps in and puts peace in our heart. And it's still raining as hard as it's ever been raining. And the wind's blowing as hard as it's ever been blowing. 
But there is a peace. He puts something in our spirit. Amen. Not only does he realize that he's able to comfort him and validate him, but the Lord can give us that peace to calm us. It's an interesting note. It's interesting to note, at least in these verses, that one of the amazing attributes of God, and a lot of this, I know this has been talked about many times, but he never slumbers nor sleeps. And, um, you know, sometimes when we are ourselves, when, we are, when we're getting up, many times everybody around us is getting up. We're all in the same position. Amen. Trying to get the cobwebs out of our head and trying to, trying to get, get the day started. But when we get up, he didn't just get up. He's been up. He's never been to sleep. He is right there. That's why we can call on him anytime. That's why we can pray prayers at 2 o'clock in the morning as powerfully as we can pray them at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He is always there. Amen. I'm thankful for that awareness of the Lord, this awareness. Not only does the psalmist display this confident assurance of God, but he, he displays that he is conscientious that the Lord is with him. I love to be around spiritual people. I know that may sound like a great big duh, but I just love to be around spiritual people. Because spiritual people have an ever-awareness of God. And I'm not just talking about somebody that walks around saying praise the Lord all the time. But I'm just talking about somebody that's that closely connected and aware that God is with them. That is always encouraging to me. To be around people that are so aware, they're aware of the presence of God. There's an awareness of that, but you've got to have a relationship with God to have that awareness. Amen. And so as a result of his complete awareness, we see that, that in, in verse 5, he said, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Now we enjoy the promise of this verse 5 because we are informed that he's our keeper. He is our guard. He is somebody that is with you. He's going to make sure that everything is okay. He's going to make sure that all is well. And if I'm ever in circumstances where I need protection, I'm thankful to have protection. Amen. I mean that. And there are circumstances where you need protection. Amen. You, I'm talking about physically. Literally, you need protection. And I'm thankful for people that are there to help you in that moment to make sure that you're okay. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is, is thy shade upon thy right hand. The Lord is thy keeper. And he is thy shade upon thy he is the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. And so there are times and circumstances where we need the Lord to help us. We're very privileged. I'm, I'm debating in my mind, been debating for the last few milliseconds whether to say this or not. And uh, but but sometimes we're invited to preach in places that's not quite as comfortable as where we are right now. Some of our pastors are pastoring churches in Metro, metropolitan areas of our state and, and cities and it's not, the atmosphere is not what it is here. My wife can attest to this. We have, 
preached in places where we've had to step over and step around, so to speak, people that were drug addicts that were passed out on the sidewalk in front of the church in seedy parts of town. I mean, I was always glad that that the pastor had somebody assigned to walk us to our car. Amen. It's a reality. It's a reality right now in some churches, right now as we speak and sit here in the comfort of where we are. You're not worried about walking out of this building. You're not really all that worried. I know you would be somewhat concerned about your children, but you wouldn't be scared for your children to walk outside. But it's not that way everywhere. And so I've been very thankful. I mean, I know some of you are six foot tall and bulletproof, but I don't always feel that way. Amen. But I'm glad to have a keeper. And when I read this passage of scripture, I'm thankful for the moments in my life that I've literally had somebody to keep me and watch me. And, and, and no matter how many times I was saying, we'll be all right, we'll be all right. I said, no, no, we're going with you. We're going to walk with you all the way and we're going to make sure everything is all right. The Lord is thy keeper and it's a great promise here. The keeper of the Lord. Amen. That keeper is to attend. It is to protect. It is to guard. It is literally what we think of when we look at this scripture. It is to attend to. It is to protect. It is to guard. Amen. It would be enough for him to just guard us but he does much more than that. He presently guards us. He doesn't just every now and then guard us. He doesn't just guard us in danger. I what I'm talking about a moment ago in my illustration only happens every now and then. If you just happen to find yourself in that situation, if you happen to find yourself in that circumstance, but the scripture says the Lord is, the Lord is thy keeper. The word is in this passage is is a small but a powerful verb because it denotes a present and and an ongoing action. He is my keeper. Right now, it looks like I'm okay. It looks like I'm in the company of friends. Good time to say amen right here. Looks like I'm in the company of friends. It doesn't look like I need somebody to to be assigned to me to walk me in this building or out of this building and to my car. It looks like everything is all right, but he didn't say, I'm just gonna be your keeper if I think you're gonna need He said the Lord is He is my keeper He is thy keeper He's keeping me right now He's walking with me right now He's standing with me right now Because he is It is an ongoing It is a present ongoing action Therefore throughout every aspect of my life Our lives He is with us It's interesting to note in this verse That the psalmist refers to him Standing at our right hand Amen. I'm thankful for that because there is something significant. We know that in Scripture, a power and authority at his right hand. Not only do we see that uh, this complete awareness, but he also guides us. The Bible says that he is our guard. Amen. I'm thankful for the, to have that guard, but I'm also thankful to know that the power of God can lead me. And so he said, the sun shall not smite thee by day, verse 6 nor the moon by night. He informs us that the sun is not going to harm you in the day. The moon is not going to harm you at night. He's with us. He leads us. He guides us. He directs us. Whether it is in the daylight, whether it is dark, God is going to be there right there with us. Amen. He leads us to direct us to always be there. And so I will say this. If you need direction from the Lord, 
Amen. He will direct you. He will lead you. He will guide you. I appreciated what Sister Donna Tumman said Sunday morning at the beginning of our service because it is true. When you don't know what to do, you just wait. Amen. You wait on the Lord. Don't do anything until you know what to do. If, if you don't know what to do, that means the Lord is not leading yet. He's not guiding yet. And we're just going to stand still until we know with an assurance that we have a directive from God. And I want to tell you, sometimes it's difficult to stand and it is difficult to wait it is difficult to place yourself in a holding pattern but it is far more easy to do that than it is to get out of the will of God or get ahead of God and complicate matters and so now the psalmist brings this this psalm to a wonderful conclusion he has described us to this this confident assurance in God he's described to us this awareness of God and he speaks now of the constant activity of the Lord, this ongoing, constant activity that we see. Amen. He preserves us. The Bible says in verse 7, He said, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. I want you to really listen to me now. The psalmist speaks here and informs us that a part of this ongoing activity of the Lord in our lives and I want to say that again, this ongoing activity. I know sometimes we feel the Holy Ghost. kind of. But whether you feel that or not, there's an ongoing activity of God. God is everywhere present. Amen. And so we see God does more than just protect us and preserve us. Amen. He does more than just protect us. Rather, He preserves us because these are not the same things. We need both. Therefore, on, therefore, one of the ongoing uh, occupations is that he preserves us from evil. Now, the word evil, I find interesting here. The word evil used in the Hebrew language does not refer to the evil done against us. So I want us to pay close attention to that in this passage of Scripture. This does not say that the Lord is going to preserve us from evil in that he's going to keep evil away from us. But rather it speaks to the evil that is done by us. Now that feels different, doesn't it? Because we don't think we do know evil. But he said, I'm going to preserve you. <laughs> I'm going to protect you of the evil that can be done by you. It refers to those things or acts or deeds, things that are not pleasing to the Lord that we can sometimes find ourselves involved in. Oh yes, we can because we are flesh and we are blood and we are frail. We are human from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And, and, and I'm gonna tell you right after a tongue-talking experience, you can find yourself right in your flesh. Amen, amen. But the Psalms is saying that when we follow him and when we honor him and when we love him, when we obey him, that he leads us not into temptation, but he delivers us from evil. That's his word. Amen. Do you realize that the only way that we can stay out of trouble is by the protection and the preservation of God? Otherwise, we would be in a mess all the time. But it is the Lord that keeps us. From evil. He's not pushing the booger bear back. Amen. It is the Lord that is keeping us. He's keeping us in line. He's keeping us honest. He's keeping us, he's keeping us compassionate. He is actively involved in our lives, preserving us, keeping us from evil. 
The Bible talks about not, not only did he, the psalmist show that he is constantly active to preserve us from evil, but he is constantly active to preserve us all in, e in eternity long to preserve us. And so these verses, these verses detail one of the greatest statements, I believe, regarding the security that we have as children of God, believers, amen, Bible believers. Praise God. I don't want us to get lost in titles. We're saints of the Most High. But we are told not only that he will attend to us going out, but he said, I'll attend to you coming in. That is a way of saying, I'm going to take care of you in every circumstance. I will take care of you forevermore. God is our guard. He's our preserving agent. He's our protector. I want to ask our musicians to come, <clears throat> if you will. <clears throat> God keeps us. I'm talking about this ever-present activity of God. Always moving God. Always abounding God. A missionary shared the following story. He said, I remember one time driving on a completely unknown route. It was very dark in the wee hours of the morning, uh, just after midnight. He said, I didn't really know the way, but in his flesh. He said, I thought I could just go ahead and I'll... I'll figure out this route and I'll figure out the road and I'll find where it is that I'm looking and I'll find what I'm looking for. He was in Kenya and he said at that time and where he was, the routes were not only were they not well marked, but there were no lights and there were no signs. But somehow he just, in his flesh, he said, I believe I can figure out the way to this, the city where he was going. And he said, while I was driving along, suddenly I had an instant urge in my spirit that I needed to stop now. And in the pitch black of night, he stopped his automobile and he thought he would just get out and walk around to see what was going on. And when he got out of the car and walked toward the front of the car, just in front of him was a huge washed out place in the road, a gorge. Ever present. Always active. Amen. An assurance. You can trust God. You can trust Him. We got it. I've got this. But when the Lord urged him to stop, he was ever more thankful that he stopped, ever present. I know that I've shared this story with some of you before, but if you've not heard this or somebody joining us online later hears this, I just felt compelled at the beginning of the service to end with this story. It was many years ago now. Um, my wife and I were evangelizing, and, and uh, we, were we were in a conference in, this, in South Louisiana. And um, behind the church, there were, um, the church had set up a couple of places that you could, a few places there that you could park an RV. So we were there and some other friends of ours that were also evangelizing, they had their trailer. And um, so it was just the two of us. So we left the space in between us so we would 
not be really up against one another. And, and so one night after church, we had all gone home and gone to bed. And in the middle of the night, and I, I mean like two or so in the morning, just in the middle of the night, my wife and I were awakened by someone beating on our door. I don't mean lightly knocking, but just pounding on our, the door of our RV. Well, it was a very frightening thing. And uh, so I, I kept just saying, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, uh, and so I was getting dressed and I, I, I went to the door, looked out and I couldn't see anybody. And I opened the door and I couldn't see anybody. Well, the first thing my wife and I thought was that it was our friends, that something had happened in the night and they had walked around where we were. And so we were standing there kind of puzzled, not knowing what to do. We're standing in between our two RVs. And so I knocked on their door. And uh, some of you know Brother St. Clair. And uh, I knocked on, it was Brother Danny and Sister Judy St. Clair, and I knocked on their door. And and, uh, he came to the door. And I said, "Uh, did you knock on our door? He said, no. So we were standing. By now, all four of us are standing outside in between our two RVs. So we're standing at the front of theirs and the back of ours, if that makes sense. And so we're just mystified. We've looked all around. We can't find anything. And while we were standing there trying to figure out what was going on, underneath our bed in our RV was where the power cord to our trailer came out. And so I had plugged that in, and I just pushed all of the plug-ins up under our bed. And while we were standing there, those things erupted like you had put gas on it. It just went woof. And fire came up under our, our, motor, our RV. And so I ran, and, and the first thing we did is disconnected the power, and then we pulled that cord out and, and put the fire out. I'm talking about an ever- present always moving now you can think that's the craziest story you've ever heard but if I've ever told the truth in my life I just told it amen God knows he knows we can trust him amen I don't know what the outcome of that would have been or could have been certainly could have not been a good ending at all But I'm going to tell you that when you don't even know what's going on, all four of us were sound asleep. But the Lord said, I'm going to take care of this. Amen. Let's stand together. Can we do that? Praise God. Lord, I love you today. I thank you for the hope of the Holy Ghost and the power of your spirit to lead us, to guide us. God, I love you. 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 This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, 
please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.